Welcome to the Weekly Standby. I'm Cedric. And I'm Griffin. This is the podcast where we talk about movies, comics, and TV shows. And today we're going to talk about the hype for No Way Home because today's the opening night and we're going to go see the movie at about 10 o'clock. So we're just going to talk about the hype and we're also going to explain what this podcast is. So here we go. All right. Um, if, if I could uh, kick off, I think it'd be go best ahead. if we start with uh, what, what Spider-Man means to us. Or yeah, sure. What, well, where, where do we stand with Spider-Man? Like, like in the beginning, mm-hmm. how, how did we get into Spider-Man and where do we stand with Spider-Man today? Mm-hmm. Um, would go? you like to go first or you want to go first? I mean, would you uh, like me to go first or do you want to go first? I, this is the problem with un- unscripted podcasts, by the way. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I, I brought it up, so I, I guess I'll um, get the ball rolling. Sure, go ahead. So, um, poof, I, I, I think I've been with Spider-Man since day one. I mean, granted, I don't remember how old I was, but it was, it was at least like somewhere in the beginning of elementary school. Mm-hmm. And that, that specifically with um, uh, Tobey Maguire, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't think my, uh, my parents really counted on all the, the violence and all the beating up. Uh-huh. That was gonna be, I mean, uh, yeah. if, if anything, though, uh, I, I think it meant a lot to my dad because um, he, he, when, when he'd come home, he tells me that when he'd come from school, mm-hmm. he'd, he'd love to watch Spider-Man as a kid. So, and yeah, granted, it's probably not the same Spider-Man that he grew up with, but I think it, um, I, think, I think it meant a lot to him that it would have the same impact on me as it did on him. And whether, uh, I, I, I have no regrets whatsoever, like seeing all of that, mm-hmm. but... You know, if it's not the complexities of, of Spider-Man, great power of great responsibility, I think what, what stands out so much about Spider-Man is just the look and the costume. I mean, when you see that costume, you can't get it out of your head, whether it's the mask or just, yeah. just the whole thing, the, the, uh, be it the eyes, the, the, the red and the blue. Just Spider-Man is just something that can't be described in one word. I agree. Or, or even five for saying I'm, I'm not just like saying that for with great power comes great responsibility with spider-man just he he has it all if, if anything and if, if i'm not mistaken i guess what what stands out most about spider-man is that he's he's really the first um uh teenager just the youngest really superhero who's not a sidekick so yeah, I, th- I think that's sort of a middle ground for everyone because, uh, you know, with superheroes, you normally see as, like, adults who, like, um, have, have it all and, like, you know, try to have, like, um, normalization and balance it out. But with, with Peter Parker, Spider-Man, or, or even Miles Morales, there's just, there is just no middle ground for them. Or if they, they do, like, try to find and balance it out, they just can't juggle it all. Mm-hmm. And I, I've, I've just always been drawn to that. And I don't know if it's because of Spider-Man or I'm just born to be drawn with coming-of-age stories, but I, I personally think um, anything Spider-Man-related really just knocks it out of the park. What's what's what say you? I completely agree, honestly. Um, um, I agree with everything you just said. Um, although I haven't read the Spider-Man comics, I know that he's a very important character to everybody, and, and especially to me, um, I remember first seeing Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man with my parents. Um, I mean, I was like, whoa, what is that? Like, that that's awesome. You know, like, I want to I wanna watch more superhero movies, you know? Because, like, Spider-Man really, like, got the ball rolling for me, I think, in, in terms of superhero movies. You know, just seeing his iconic costume and, like, just him, like, 
um, zipping through the city, you know, just, it's a breath of fresh air, you know, like we have all these other different types of action movies, like we have Fast and the Furious, we have um, drama movies, I can't really think of a drama film off the top of my head right now, but I think you get what I'm saying, you know, it's kind of like a breath of fresh air, because I know that before before Blade and before Spider-Man, superhero movies were just seen as like jokes, you know, but now they're actually a staple in society, you know, because now like look at look at the ticket sales for Spider-Man No Way Home. I think the records were like 35 million like um even like before opening day, the pre-sale tickets were I think 35 million dollars. And it opened yesterday to 50 million, which is a lot. And I'm pretty sure that before Spider-Man, you would have never seen numbers like that. Like, mm-hmm. definitely not. You know? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for and uh, spoiler alert for anyone who has not seen No Way Home or even the trailer, if you haven't, um, get off now and see the dang trailer. Um, I agree. Because Even what, though we haven't I'm, seen the movie. Watch the trailer. But one thing you do know from seeing the trailer, like the full trailer, or even just ads and commercials for it, are the villains. If if it's not Spider Man, if it's not Spider Man himself, then it's the villains you're going for. Yeah, yeah. Draw you in. It's exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That you have seen, at at least like uh, movie wise, Mm -hmm. be and. You know, even before that, the villains have always, like, really stood out. I 100% it's, agree. Just stand yeah. the test of time, really. I mean, yeah, there, there were villains, like, beforehand and have complexities, like like Mr. Freeze, for example. Maybe not, like, comic-wise, but, yeah, when you see him trying to take care of his wife, how how can you not feel for someone yeah. who's, like, who claims to be, like, um, feel nothing but the cold? Mm-hmm. But he, in a way, he his actions probably aren't the most justified. But at the same time, it's not that hard to believe. Mm-hmm. Now, in Spider Man's case, the, look at the Green Goblin. It, it's it's one thing. It's one thing to fight your own dad, but fighting your best friend's dad. Come on, like how how often do you see that? That exactly. Like, yeah, maybe no, I'm yeah. just speaking for myself here, but I think that takes it to a whole. No, yeah, it, it really, really does. No, yeah, I completely agree, man. But. And, Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, no, I, I no, just no, wanted, no, no. Go ahead. Go I was ahead, just go say ahead. like something that I want to say that Green Goblin, as well as Doctor Octopus, share is that um, in a way they they don't become like villains like in their because they like being evil on that. It's more like they put so much um, or in this case too much pride into their work that in a way they they kind of become their work in a little over the top extreme way. It's like takes control of them, and yeah, granted, maybe they could have fought back, but still, they started. How can they stop it? It's it's sort of like the polar opposite with with Peter Parker, in which he he has so much respons- so much to do, so many people to save, and even though he it's rests on his head that how can I do this and keep going to school and take care of my Aunt May, and have a have a girlfriend. How can I do all of this at once while also putting on this mask and saving people at the same time? Why does it have to be me? But at the same time, he knows it's kind of par for the course, part of growing up. There are going to be a lot of things mm-hmm. that are going to, you're probably maybe, like you, you can't do everything at once, but the best thing you can do is just take it one at a time. And that, that again is like, maybe I'm just like um, fanboying over coming of age stuff again because... I, I I don't know. That's just I'm. I feel like come coming of age stories are crucial to to our personal growth. Cause like, um, I, I'm gonna get off topic here for a minute and go back to say uh like King Arthur, King Arthur and the um 
Knights of the Round Table. But he, he started out as a kid who just pulled a sword out of a stone when no one else could, and now you're king. But, and you know, I'm, I'm not an expert on Arthurian mythology, but I, I'd assume like that wasn't really an easy thing to do. But, you know, at the same time, I don't think he was like stupid and arrogant about it because if he was, how, how do you explain yeah. like, all the stories of like him trying to, uh, of him all the battles that he won and him being like finding the Holy Grail. Mm -hmm. uh, granted, it probably wasn't all nice, but at the same time, you think back to how we started as just a kid mm. who was declared the king, that, that that's just like a lot of weight to, to put on your shoulders. Yeah. Maybe not at first, like when you're young and see, ooh, I'll be king someday, but then like as you grow older or as it like really sinks in, you start to see that this... This is a lot to carry, and I, yeah. I, I appreciate how Spider-Man keeps that fresh. No, yeah, and also, I feel like, well, I mean, even though, I mean, like, we've seen uh, Into the Spider-Verse and how they talk about, yeah, like, anybody can wear the mask, but it's like, when you have the powers that they have, it's like, you have to do something. Like, who else is going to do it? You know, like, you have to do it for the greater good, because who else is going to do it? There's no one else to do it. And at, you know? at the same time, though, um, Miles wasn't ready. Exactly. How, how will I know when I'm ready? And you take a leap of faith, man. Exactly. That's, yeah. That's probably like what what cut deep. Like they didn't know when anyone was ready. We never know when we're ready to take something on. Yeah, exactly. The best man. thing you gotta it, do is just. Um, it's always taking the risk, man. That's so that you always have to take the risk, you know. Yeah, I, I completely agree on that. Yeah. You know, and going back to like I think um, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, since we're gonna go see it tonight, we will have a reaction episode coming out next week. Um, but anyway, um, I think the reason why the hype is so crazy for this movie, not only is it, uh, not only is it the, the final movie in, in Tom Holland's trilogy, but it's also because we have two other generations of Spider-Man rumored to be coming in this film. Um, we have we have all the villains from all the other movies too. We have Doc Ock, Sandman, Green Goblin. We have the Lizard. I don't know if he has a name, but just the Lizard, Dr. I Curtis, guess. Connors. Yeah, Doctor. Yeah, Connors. And then we also have Electro. And which other villains from from Tom Holland's um, other movies might we see in here? You know, like what other what other villains from Tom Holland's trilogy? would we see in this film? You know, it's all up for debate, I guess. But again, I think the anticipation is very, very high going into this movie. I have a lot of high hopes, you know, because obviously um, you've heard all of the all of the press and all of the press conferences they've had and all that stuff about how this film isn't like other Spider-Man films, you know? And whether that means that Tom Holland's Spider-Man is gonna go berserk and try and kill one of the villains or maybe Tom Holland himself, like the Spider-Man, dies. You know, it's up for it's up for debate, I guess. You know, like we're very excited to see what happens because obviously it can't be like other Spider-Man films because otherwise, why would there be a reason to go? You know. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, let me let me just um, uh, I'll take take a little uh, off off course for for a minute. Whatever the right saying is, like words escape me. But uh, and talk about and hate me for this if you much the dreaded Spider Man three and the Sammy uh, Sam Ramy uh, trilogy. Yeah, that was, that was that was pretty bad. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, I think that I think was that's, pretty bad. That, it was a good thing that it was bad. I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe that's what they have. They learn from but, their mistakes. But yeah, I just want to like, but what when I'm saying that, I mean like the whole psychology of Venom. Mm -hmm. 
because we, I mean, for, for oh, one thing, yeah. we, we, we have to talk about Venom, dude. Course, we, like, we, dude we have to talk about Venom now, yeah. And, um, we I'm, completely forgot about the Venom movies, dude. Oh, my God. Of course, I'm, I'm not a great example That's part of, the of this because, like, here, here you see me, like, Venom. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about Venom here. And, yeah, I, I know, like, people are really polarized with the third Spider-Man movie mm-hmm. and, and the, the Tobey Maguire, Sam Raimi trilogy, but I missed I the think, part where that's my problem. Right. But the, the thing <laughs> is, though, really the movie, like, funny. not being as great or, like, it having its problems is sort of like Venom. Anyway, I'm not saying, like, Venom made it worse, but um, in, in the previous Spider-Man movies, the first one, he's trying to find his footing. He's sort of trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. And, well, he, he, yeah. he didn't really figure things out. It was a great movie in and of itself, but he still knows that he has a lot to take care of. But in Spider-Man 2, we, we see him like still trying to figure things out, be it with school and uh, Mary Jane and him like still trying to figure out his powers. But the doubt just creeps in like so bad and correct me if I'm wrong, that he loses his powers. I can't do this anymore. Am I going to keep doing this? How can I keep doing this? Mm. But then he gets that confidence back. Mm. Granted, though, uh, and he gets Mary Jane in the end. Mm. The problem with that, though, is um you feel like... um. He, he may not have realized it at first, Peter Parker. I mean, that he's such a victim. He was so much of a victim that when you, the more you realize it and when you get so, so confident, and maybe I'm speaking from experience that you have like no confidence in yourselves. When you do get confidence, though, it kind of makes you narcissistic and toxic and sort of like overflows, though, in a way that like symbolizes our own inner venom. Like, I can do whatever I want. I have nothing to hold me back. I can kill think- any villain that I want, and I will never mm. have a problem with that. People don't appreciate mm-hmm. me. Fine. I don't care anymore. I know who I am. Mm-hmm. But that that's in of itself. It's, it's not, I'm not saying it's, like, bad to be confident in yourself, but you, if you don't, like, hold yourself accountable, then, yeah, you will turn into venom, and you'll, you'll be alone. You won't have anyone. You won't. You'll mm. see your your own best friend trying to kill you, and mm-hmm. no, and you know whether you swag down the streets some James Brown. It's you, <laughs> eventually you got to like realize this is not going to work. Yeah, hold yourself accountable and yeah. realize how your act. Go go back to how, how you realize that your actions are going to affect people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I love about. I agree, dude. Venom, and and the thing is though is that. Well, I was actually going to ask you a question. Uh, do you think... Why do you think Spider-Man 3 was so bad? Like, to you? Like, why do you think it was so bad? Um, I'm not sure. I guess, like, um, there was, like, um, a flow that didn't work, mm-hmm. I guess. Or just... Um, maybe it was just the unbelievability of it all. Mm-hmm. With, um, with, with Venom, like, coming into, like, Peter Parker's head. But, um... If, if, I mean, I still liked it, to be honest. I didn't think much of it as a kid. But, yeah, I guess looking back at it now, there was just sort of something uneven about it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, maybe it was the ending just felt kind of off in a way. I think so. I think one of the really weird things about that movie is Venom literally just comes out of nowhere. Like, they don't mm-hmm. describe where it comes from. I mean, yeah. I mean, there is with, um, I forgot his name, uh, Jameson's son comes back from space. Venom is supposed to come back with him. That's what the plot of the first Venom in 2018 was, where Venom came back with Jameson from space. But in this movie, Venom just comes out of nowhere. Like, they could have described it where he was lab-created, or maybe he did come back from space, but it's so out of the ordinary because the problem with the Raimi films is that they're contained in New York. 
Hmm. So you don't hear anything about any other city anywhere. So for Venom to come out, for Venom to come from space is such a hit out of left field. You know, it's a hit hmm. out of out of field. It's really it's really weird. Maybe uh, you know, but because the other two Spider-Man films were so successful, maybe maybe people wanted like even more Spider-Man that they I don't know got into the comics and saw mm-hmm. like the the TV shows. Like maybe they were expected to already know about Venom, mm-hmm. or maybe it was meant to like kind of be obvious to them that this isn't. And yeah, granted that Venom wasn't entirely the focus. This is about Spider-Man and Peter Parker's story. I feel like there are too many villains too. Down. Yeah, I feel like there you are think? too many. Yeah, I feel like there are way too many villains because it, it just it didn't feel balanced enough, you know. Yeah. And and if you remember, um, um, what's Norman Osborn's son again? What's his name again? Harry. Harry. He's flying on a snowboard the whole movie. Why? Mm. That is the most ridiculous thing, and all of the suits were very inaccurate. It made me feel real. It was really weird. It felt like they just put the villains in to satisfy the studio, if that makes sense. I feel like if they would have kept with the Harry Osborn um, storyline from like Spider-Man 2, like building up from Spider-Man 1 all the way up to 3, it would have made sense. But then you have Venom, you have Sandman that just kind of comes out of nowhere, you know? And I feel like um, going back to, I think it was Spider-Man 1 or 2, how um, how Uncle Ben dies, but then in Spider-Man 3, they retcon it to say that Sandman was the one that killed him instead of the other guy hmm. that that Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man killed. Hmm. It kind of just makes the whole thing feel pointless, you know? Because they kind of yeah. just let him off, like, like, he let him off the hook, right? And that's fine, but it's like, it's like, when when he finally killed that guy that killed his uncle, right? It's now like, okay, like he's doing all of this because he wants to, not because he has to find the person who killed Uncle Ben. You know what I mean? Mm. But now since Sandman is the one who killed Uncle Ben, it's like, okay, well now he has to get vengeance again. And that's kind of like, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't see the appeal of heroes fighting for vengeance. I, I don't, uh, to me, it doesn't seem very interesting. I mean... Maybe like okay, like uh, I'll give an example. Like Black Widow, that was a pretty good movie. I mean, she was kind of fighting for vengeance if you think about it. It was it was pretty good, but in the way that Spider Man Three did it, I just it was very very like like the tone was very different from the other two movies. Mm-hmm. I really didn't like it. Yeah. Didn't feel natural to me, you know? Yeah. But uh. Yeah, based based on what we're hearing, based on what little we're seeing, I I doubt we're ever going to see the same thing with No Way Home. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah. granted, it has been a little. I mean, hard, it is Marvel, but, so it's probably going to be really good. Um, well, I mean, in retrospect, the other the Sam Raimi were also uh, Marvel, but you know, in, oh, okay, in, in yeah. this in this case, in retrospect, uh, Hawkeye isn't that good, so I'm not going to say everything Marvel makes is really like the pinnacle of film, but mm. Hawkeye, eh, it's 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 okay, you know. Anyway. What was I gonna say? Uh, so yeah, like the, the the hardest part though. I mean, it, it, it's all maybe it's um, equally worse if uh, like in this day and age, because like back in like Spider-Man three, there wasn't like huge too much social media or spoilers to go around. But now now that we are living in yeah. like a uh, time where it's spoiler it's easy, as well. spoiler, 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 you just yeah. like kind of kind of got to get away from your phone and your laptop as as best as you can and uh, avoid all of that. Which you know I know for some people it can like prove to be difficult. No, yeah, yeah, I agree, yeah. But also, so for me, again, 
Um, With great media comes great spoilers. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and so, um, as I was saying, you know, uh, as as um, as Griffin was saying, you know, it's really easy to like sp- like spoiling movies now. I mean, that's kind of like the age that we're in. I mean, I guess you can't fault anybody for it, but at the same time, it's like, why can't you just be courteous to other people that haven't seen the film, you know? Mm. And, like, for example, like, I went on YouTube the other day, and today, actually, um, right before this uh, episode that we were doing, um, I had set I had set a YouTube button on my stream deck, and I clicked it, and I saw a leak for Spider-Man No Way Home right there on the homepage of YouTube. <laughs> and so I'm like... Wow, like it's it's kind of it's kind of unavoidable at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, and leaks are kind of. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, you want to avoid them. You really, really want to avoid them. But at this point, it's like it's kind of inevitable. Just like Thanos is, you know, inevitable mm-hmm. for the most yeah. part. Yeah, <laughs> but um, we've 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 seen like um, we've we've done our best, and I mean, well, luck, luckily for me, I don't have the best tension span. So like, spoiler. What's that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I guess uh, I, I kind of like in a way feel for people, but you know, I guess we can't help it. We're, yeah. we're like such super fans that we gotta we gotta like get sync we gotta our get teeth all the info. We gotta it. get all the info, you know. Exactly, but and yeah, Spider Man. Like um, in a way, like it, it does bug me, but I at the same time you can't blame them because it's, yeah. it's Spider Man. How how can you like not not how can you turn your eyes away? I mean, unless you have a phobia for spiders, I guess. No, well, yeah, I guess. I don't know. So people have like a real real issue with spiders that yeah. they can't handle the word spider. Like, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. I'm just saying like I kind of feel for people at the same time, even though it bugs me. So, I, I don't know. I guess I guess that's my inner um, Spider-Man complex talking. <laughs> okay, so, um, I don't know. I just ten, tonight uh, when we do watch the movie again, I said we were gonna have a um, not a review, but kind of like a reaction, uh, maybe spoilery, non-spoilery, or maybe we'll just drop two episodes non-spoiler or spoiler, depending if you've seen it or not. You know, you can watch either one. Anyway. Um, I feel like tonight is like a once in a lifetime thing, you know, for Marvel because um, I don't know. I just a movie this big coming out one during the pandemic, you know, during the pandemic, a lot of people are going to go to the movie theaters. I mean, you've seen, well, I mean, I've seen. Um, um, I was trying to buy the tickets for me and 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 Griffin. The tickets practically sold out everywhere in my uh, in my area within the first hour of tickets being on sale. Like the tickets for the next two weeks were just sold out, and I'm like, wow! Like even during the pandemic, they're able to pull these numbers, you know? Because like even Tenet, you know, I mean, Tenet was really good, mm, but Tenet wasn't was. able to pull those numbers. It definitely was not able to pull those numbers, you know? Like um, you go to like Disney Springs, a place that's usually packed, and it was empty completely empty even during tenant and um like um ryan the last dragon even mm. soul even though soul dropped on disney plus you know uh it was a pretty good movie but i don't think that all these other movies even compare to the numbers that spider-man no way home is going to bring in you know mm. for me i mean i was saying that spider-man no way home is definitely going to hit over a billion Definitely, I am 100% sure that it is definitely going to hit over a billion, possibly two billion. I mean, I don't know, but definitely over a billion. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I try my best not to like look focus in too much on the numbers. That's just mm-hmm. me because, uh, you know, if I look at the numbers, like I'll keep going back to it. I'll keep going back to it. It's just like, like really distracting for me, but being yeah, a film again. student is a gift and a curse. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that being said though, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident Spider-Man, like no matter how much it makes, it's, it's going to be successful. Oh yeah. And it's going to, it's going to be definitely successful. No, yeah. I, I and I will hope that I'm not only successful, but impactful at the same time. It no, will, yeah, definitely. I mean, even though it's the last in the, in the trilogy, I still hope that it will keep the, the Spider-Man gonna, legacy alive. I really hope there's going to be a second trilogy talking about, you know, the end of the trilogy. A college trilogy of Spider-Man would be really, really good. It would You know, be, maybe I, we can get... Oh, sorry. So, sorry for interrupting. Right. I was just going to point out that right. we're going to get um, into the Spider-Verse 2 oh, along yeah, the okay. way. We're also making an episode about that, so stay tuned for that as well. But um, going back to this one, um, I think it is a change. You know, I think it would really be impactful again for for superhero movies. Like, it's kind of like they don't have to be like like one protagonist, one antagonist. You know, it can just be. I mean, uh, take Endgame for example. There were probably twenty different people on screen at one time. It did very very well. You know, I was able mm. to juggle the heroes. And the enemies very, very well. I mean, granted, there was only one enemy, but there were a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel like going forward, we're going to see a lot of these uh, crossover films with other superhero movies going forward, you know. Like, like take it, for example, um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It had, what, like five or six Spider-Men, I think? About mm-hmm. five or six Spider-Men. About, it did very, very well juggling all of the characters. It did. You know, because... Uh, and, and even though... It it was a funny movie, you know, but but it didn't take itself too seriously, you know. Yes. The pig, uh, Spider Ham, didn't take himself too seriously, and I love that. That was great. But at the oh. same time, uh, okay, except for one that one line. Yeah, you can't always save everyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. But I feel like it was the perfect mix, you know. Spider Man into Spider Verse was the perfect mix, and um, uh. At this, at that, I think yeah. that's like the uh, the pleasure of like um, um, different dimensions, or um, as a wacky old scientist says, infinite realities of infinite possibilities. You know what I'm saying, Ugh, Morty? But uh, yeah, I think with um, multiple dimensions, you can pretty much it's um, it's it's a free for all, really. You can do uh, yeah, whatever yeah. you want, you, and like definitely, um, no, yeah, basically, definitely you like want. we come from this world, or we come from that world, but. You know, in a way, it's sort of like um, yeah. uh, runs with parallels itself. Like, um, yeah. I mean, say, uh, you know, I'm 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 from Ohio, um, and and you're you're from Florida, but we 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 just click like that exactly. so no, much. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And yet, um, I I I guess in a way that's you know, people could come from different different cities or different states walks or, of life too. Yeah. yeah, and yet and or dare I say, countries. Although that's probably an obvious one, but. Uh, my point the point is like so many different like uh, types of spider-men or rick and morty's or um uh, even ninja turtles like mm-hmm. coming coming together it's just like feels so so much of a guilty pleasure i guess seeing like all these different um versions coming together and working together and make it work so well yeah yeah i agree you know but also i feel like um there are definitely a lot of movies that don't know how to handle multiple characters. Hmm. Uh, for example, we already talked about this, Spider-Man 3. Wasn't, there were a lot of villains in that movie. And to me, it didn't really feel like they handled all the characters very well. 
Um, I'd say the same thing about... Hmm, let me think here. Hmm. Well, while you're thinking about that, I just want to rein in here and talk about a villain from Into the Spider-Verse. Because mm -hmm. there's one thing that didn't make that much sense to me and yet worked at the same time. Who? That being um, uh, Prowler. Prowler, okay, because, um Well, I mean, I'm not saying I didn't like him. I'm saying like... Um, they give like no indication of him being a villain. It's it's just like what I said earlier about. Venom I don't think Experiment he was a villain. I don't. No, he I, was. He he was like a gun for I know, hire, and he like games, no. he almost killed Miles. So I don't think many he times. wanted to be a villain. though. that's what I'm saying. I don't think he he liked being a villain. That's that's debatable. He he was really? like really really rough. Like it's over, kid. It's he probably because he knew him. he was going to die. It's probably because he knew he was going to die. No, he didn't. Nah, he, he was like pretty pretty confident of himself that he can do whatever he wants and get away with it. I mean, his, his brother is a cop, so like, um, I don't know, maybe that makes make it makes him feel like untouchable. But my, my point is, I just felt like it came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. like, like he was a he was a cool guy. Like maybe he didn't like have like the best way of like living his life as, as it was indicated by Miles' dad, but... I don't know. I'm not saying I was against it. I'm not saying it was bad, but it was important at the same time uh -huh. because, like, the irony is now Miles know what it's like to lose an uncle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, how do you think How do you think they're going to... Well, I mean, they technically already did introduce Aaron Davis into the MCU with Spider-Man Homecoming. What do you think they're going to do with his character? I, uh... Do you think they're going to make him into the... Well, I mean, that would be the only logical like thing to do is to turn him into the prowler i mean that's the only logical thing to do because i mean he was buying and selling weapons it, in spider-man homecoming it's hard to say i mean uh i i, I guess him because like if, if you recall in homecoming he uh he didn't really see too on board with it mm -hmm. and like he even gave spider-man advice saying hey kid you've got to get better at this like mm -hmm. he, he's like he doesn't really seem like the hard and edgy and cocky and overconfident guy that we see in spider-verse so i guess if he does like become uh, the Prowler, it would be um, out of, I guess, necessity or because he didn't have a choice, like uh, maybe, maybe Kingpin. And in a way, like Kingpin threatened to, if you don't do what I say, if you don't get me what I want, mm. if we don't work together. That's exactly what well, I'm saying for Into the Spider-Verse. responsible for my actions. Exactly, yeah. That's exactly, exactly for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, I'm saying how Prowler, to me, didn't seem like he enjoyed what he was doing. Right. Because it felt more so he was being threatened by Kingpin to commit acts of violence. And it's the same thing if, if you've ever played Spider-Man Miles Morales. They explain in the thing how, how he didn't really enjoy what he was doing. You know? That um, maybe I might be wrong on that because I haven't played the game in a while, but I'm pretty sure. I haven't played the game, but again, I feel like that could have been fleshed out just a little bit better in Spider-Verse because, like, if let's let's pretend that you're right and that is true, they did not indicate that whatsoever in Spider-Verse. Again, like, go, again, I did not think the way they did it was bad. I just think it it could have been better in the way that he was presented as a villain. I agree. I I really agree, but. Okay, so for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, it really did, like, uh, break a lot of barriers in terms of animation, you know? And there was, like, just only so much that they could do in, like, uh, two or two, uh, two hours and 20 minutes. I, I forget how long it was. But, uh, again, the animation style for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was very, very groundbreaking. Agreed. You know? Uh, how how everything was just blurry, but it was different colors, and you can actually read it, and it was like a comic book, you know. And it just 
um, exactly with the Lego movie, and I know we're getting off topic here, but the Lego movie, in terms of lighting and shading and animation, did a pretty amazing job at breaking breaking grounds for a lot of animators to come, mm. you know? And I feel like the same, the same way with the Lego Batman movie, how it doesn't take itself too seriously. The same thing with the Lego movie, Lego movie part two. There's literally a device called, called, the, called the unexpected plot device in the Lego movie two, mm. which furthers the plot for no reason. And it's so funny that they call it that because they don't take themselves seriously. It's great. And I love it when movies kind of do that thing, you know, like when movies know that they're kind of not to be taken too seriously, so they just don't take themselves too seriously. And I, I like that a lot. Right, it's like a good balance. I think uh, if you've asked me like the first like um, animation, animated movies that really pull that off, and again, maybe I'm just speaking from my own personal childhood here, would have to be Pixar. Really? Because um, Pixar really broke the grounds for a lot of animators to come, like every I, single movie. I mean, like, and, and in terms of like balancing We'll have an episode out, about that, by the way, guys, so keep, keep forward to that, I guess. Okay, yeah, so... Um, I mean, look forward to that, not keep forward, sorry. So if Cedric's done interrupting me... <laughs> no, no it's, it's all good, it's all good. But uh, yeah, just, um, it may not hit you at first, but like when you really look into it with, with uh, I don't know, be, be it Toy Story or Monsters, Inc., which to me, personally, I think are the best kind of Pixar movies. Um, yeah, it's just like toys. Toys are alive and they're trying to make like their kid happy, but then at the same time, if they're not played with, what am I? Am I even worth it? Or in Monsters, Inc., like, they scare because they care, not because they, they like to scare for the sake of scaring. And they're even afraid of kids. But at the same time, they ask, kids aren't so bad. I mean, how, how could something so small have, like, anything to do with this? Maybe we're wrong. And now what am I going to do with this kid? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I guess I really – I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I appreciate that and, like – um, I'm seeing that we're seeing that more in TV shows now, I guess. Just like a good balance between, um, you know, it's like fun and entertaining, but also it's educating and it's serious. And like you get a little bit of something on it, which um, I don't know. I felt like it was a I felt like um, regular show from Cartoon Network. I know I'm going way, way, way yeah. off topic. It was to <laughs> the me, regular show that, was so good. But that was a godsend to me. A because, godsend, dude. Oh, um, my God. That movie was, was, I, that I think show I was, was so good. And I was like 12 I mean, the show and the movie were pretty good. Absolutely. But for further, going back to the show, I guess um, it was a godsend for me because I was like um, either 12 or 13. And I was just like, um, it, it felt like so down to earth. And yet... Mm -hmm. I was just like in a period where I wanted people to take me more seriously. Mm -hmm. So yeah, seeing this, like it's it's like um it's it's animal people and, and like regular humans too. But that's that's nothing new when you check out Mickey Mouse and Looney Tunes and old Hanna Barbera stuff. But with them, they just they're just dudes. They're mm -hmm. just like two dudes trying to work and do their own thing. Mm -hmm. And just like it was kind of a relief at the same time, like having that that good balance of that. Mm -hmm. and I think that's um in a way what what Rick and Morty like um made a legacy out of. Yeah. Even though it wasn't like too long after that Rick and Morty would come on and, and between regular show, but yeah, like with the dimension hopping and like and, and all the adult humor, there's still something like you can't help but wonder what's what's life and what does it mean? Yeah. What, am I doing the right thing between the right and the wrong and or to being smart and practical? Yeah, um, I would just like to say People are going to skip ahead in this podcast and be like, what the fuck are they talking about? Why are they going so off topic right now? The bottom line is, um, <laughs> I, I don't know what's wrong with you. I'm just obsessive complexity. No, it's and fine, Spider -Man dude, it's is really, fine, man. Spider-Man is um, as complex as it comes. Yeah. And that's just something I, I generally appreciate. Um, 
I don't know about you, but personally, I would love to see Tom Holland's Spider-Man just break, you know? And I know that that sounds a little bit like, whoa, like, like, why would you want that from your favorite character? But I would really like to see him almost kill somebody. And only because we haven't seen that before. We haven't really seen that from Spider-Man before. Uh, I guess you could say that with Venom from Spider-Man 3 where he did throw the bomb, but at the same time, he wasn't trying to kill Eddie Brock. So, you know. Uh, well, I mean, I agree with great. I mean, Spider-Man, I guess, um, you know, has been sort of pushed to the edge. Yeah. Because, like, um, if you remember near the end of uh, Spider-Man uh, 1, where he, him and uh, Green Goblin just pound the crap out of each other, mm -hmm. that was just like, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to save her. You're not taking her from me. Uh -huh. But, um, yeah, I guess, like, in, in Tom Holland's case, we haven't really seen him that. Or I feel like we're gradually building up to that. Because yeah. in, in Homecoming, we see, like, um, a girl he likes, his dad, is, mm -hmm. like, doing bad things. And, like, am I going to be with her or am I going to stop my dad? I, I, I can't have it both ways. Yeah. I feel like... But then, like, he, he does he does do the right thing, but it, it still hurts. Mm -hmm. And, and in Hope Far From Home, he, he makes a huge, huge idiotic mistake by telling Mysterio about who, who knows about him and who has like what whatever they have i don't remember but i mean he was tricked into doing it but and that really yeah. upset him yeah so much and people like don't appreciate him thinking they still thought mysterio was a a hero and like they're pointing fingers at spider-man so i i i guess like it to me it wouldn't be too far off oh. if tom holland was like really really pushed mm. into, into like a a, a, a dark bad place mm. Speaking about Mysterio, how do you think that they're going to convince the public that Mysterio was a bad person? Um, That's a... Because I just thought about that because, like, maybe. up till now, even though Mysterio, well, presumably he is dead, even though we didn't see his dead body, everybody thinks he's a hero. And Jameson said, obviously, that he is a hero because he hates Spider-Man. For some ungodly reason. A menace! <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, exactly. And so that's where I'm getting at. Like, how do you think that um, they're going to convince the public that Mysterio was a bad guy? I, I'm not sure. If anything, nothing. Like, let, just not, like, let his actions speak louder than his words or any actions that he's ever done before, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Or even, like, or even that won't be enough, like, because that's sort of the thing, the whole Spider-Man thing is you're not looking for appreciation from everyone around you, but wherever you can find it from those closest to you. Mm -hmm. Even if, like, people still don't like him, mm -hmm. he'll, he'll still keep doing what he does because he knows it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, exactly. And so if you remember from the post credit scene of, of um, Spider-Man Far From Home, um, Maria Hill and... Um, uh, what the fuck is his name again? What the fuck is his name again? Oh, my God. Hold on. Uh, I'm mean drawing a blank. I mean, uh, you're talking about Nick Fury, right? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I was drawing a blank. Anyway, um, we did see that they were scrolls at the end of the movie. Hmm. Do you think that that's going to play into this movie somehow? I would like to think so, but, um, you know, that's, that's sort of like the problem. Um, and also like the plus with uh, Marvel end credits, you never know what's going to come next or if it's going to relate to this or if it's going to relate to that. Because, um, what was it? Yeah. It was a Guardians of the Galaxy one, right? The end credit scene where we see, uh, was it the the collector? Was his name? Or Guardians of the Galaxy two? No, the, no, 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 no. One that was one F. So, so yeah, and, yeah. and we see Howard the Duck. Yeah, had, but the, so far that's and Howard the nothing. Duck is also an end game as well. 
Right, but like there's he appears not in game for like two seconds. But anyway, right? There's like never been that much of an indication, so um, I'm not entirely sure. It, it could go either way, but yeah, I, I've that's sort of a, the best thing, in, and also the downside about Marvel end credit scene is like you never know what you're going uh-huh. to get. And um, uh, yeah, um, um, I completely understand what you're saying, but I just to give them like speaking roles and then just have them never show up again is kind of like. Like, wow, this is a real punch in the face to the audience, you know? Maybe, uh, maybe I don't know, maybe they're still working on something as, um, mm-hmm. they're trying to be as um, low-key as humanly possible, because I, I've read, like, or watched, I, I don't know which, but... Uh, they oh, speaking about low-key... Or, or low... What, what? Speaking about low-key, how did you feel about the low-key show? I liked it. It was very, no, no, it was very good. I loved it a lot. It was very good. I don't know if I said I loved it. I mean, yeah, I did like it, but not as much as Falcon and Winter Soldier. To, to I, me, that's I loved what it. Nailed to it me, to me, park. it nailed it. To me, Loki nailed it. It oh. was such a good show. Anyway, we are coming up on our time here. Hmm. Uh, we have about, I want to say, two or three minutes left here. So we'll just continue talking, I guess, until time's up. Yeah, I guess if anything, I'll, I'll just. Start the end or end the start, however you, however the the cool youngins say these days. Is that um, <laughs> Dude, what with, the fuck? <laughs> with great with great weapon comes great slinging. That's I guess if that that's another thing that people <laughs> he, like you can't get away from Spider-Man. I mean, personally, I'm not really a fan of roller coasters, but when you see him like slinging, I love roller off coasters. Those, yeah, but like f- whether you like roller coasters or not, there's there's like such a rush. There's mm-hmm. like such a feel good feeling of pleasure of watching like a guy swing off of buildings and just I don't know like. Sp- in his face and uh I, I don't know why i didn't say so another thing i love about spider-man is that he's a smart ass yeah like he he helps i love and sorry mm. sorry to interrupt i just want to say yeah, like yeah. people like him percy jackson among like other like um main hero uh, heroes protagonists like who are you know they they have a lot of burden to carry but in mm. spite of that they never stop to uh say to make sarcastic remarks mm-hmm. and that just and helps me come it helps me come out of my shell a lot yeah yeah um i agree you know and um i just want to put this to an end right now i'm gonna put the debate to an end right now toby mcguire is the best peter parker andrew garfield is the best spider-man with the best quips and tom holland does pretty well at both he does pretty well at both and I must say that I, dramatic pause, must agree with you entirely on that. Okay. Well, yeah. All righty then. All right, guys. Well, this has been the weekly standby. I'm Cedric. And I am Griffin. And we'll see you next time. Bye.